Can I have a word? And today, uh, oh, buddy, you're Harry. And you're Phil. I am. And together we are Harry and Phil, and we do this podcast where we have a random word generator that gives us a random word and prompts uh, a conversation that we have for about half an hour or so. Mm-hmm. It could go anywhere, it could talk about anything, and we go in any direction. And today is particularly exciting because, yet again, we've got another guest. Ooh. And this one is my good friend Tom Pinkney from U, uh, UEA, and he's another film, fellow film student. Hello, Tom. Hello, Phil. Hey. Thank you. Right, so I'm glad to have you on here. So uh, I hope you're going to have a good time here talking about whatever we're going to get. I have the random word generated. Do you want to do the honours right now? Yes, please. Here we go then. And the random word that starts this very conversation is yawn, as in yawn. Yes. So, as you are the guest, Tom, <laughs> although I can fairly see where this is going to go, but Tom, what does the word yawn uh, evoke in your mind? Oh, just just like, well, well, the most obvious, just being bored and how contagious it is once you, once you yawn and someone else sees you yawning and then they just have to yawn as well and the whole room's yawning. So, have you, I mean, when was the last time you were bored? He says, I mean, I know we're in lockdown here, but when was the lo- are you feeling particularly bored? Not during this podcast, obviously, yeah. that would be terrible. Uh, prior to recording this podcast, oh, uh, when was the last bored? That's that's really that's hard to really say because, like, sometimes I, I can't really tell the difference between being bored and just being anxious that I've got a lot of stuff to do but I'm not doing the right thing right now. <laughs> like, uh, like, I just uh, well, I've actually come to learn recently through some um, uh, cliche self-help um, that um, that it's actually a very good thing to be bored if you want if you want to be a creative because that's when you're like your best ideas can come to you when you're bored. So lately, I've been striving to be bored, but um, <laughs> but it's I like but I mean I mean if you because like. It's very easy to say that the last year has been boring, but that's kind of like, it's been boring, it's been depressing, it's been like, it's just been feeling like it's been wasting our time, but I can't really say if, it, if the last year has been boring. I mean, I can't, it's very, it's hard to kind of say when the last time I was bored was really. Well, the, the, the thing about this year is that it's, it depends how, how you see the situation, because Technically, it's not extremely boring. I mean, yes, we end up being bored because, well, we can't go out, we can't go shopping, we can't go to festivals, we can't go entertain ourselves as uh, as much as we would like mm. um, because everything is closed because social distancing, blah, blah, blah. But um, technically, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting um, situation too because, I mean... What is less boring than a, a worldwide virus? I mean, it's 
it's um it's a bit like you know all those like zombie apocalyptic kind of video games why is there so many video games involving a worldwide like virus like a zombie virus kind yeah. of thing because it's it's something that is crazy to imagine something that is worldwide like that mm. and all of a sudden we're living note that everybody's turning into zombies but we have a virus that touched the entire world and it's a bit crazy to think about yeah i'd say that's yeah you know, i say it's the opposite of i mean it's the opposite of boring well it's it, this it depends because on the day to day we're stuck at home trying to work from home mm. or study from home or i mean yeah you know uh, but I, I would say that's a challenge mm. i mean so I would say being bored would be involved doing the same thing every day, the same time, and it doesn't intellectually or emotionally stimulate you in any way. So the fact that we've got this global pandemic, suddenly everything's changed and we've got to learn new skills and we've got new opportunities and new challenges. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm not saying yeah. like COVID is great, but... There are benefits to be had. We, I've mentioned this in pre, a very early yeah. podcast yeah. that we that there are benefits to be had from this COVID thing. Well, and, and yeah, I don't think boredom. I think boredom comes from within. As in, yes, you're stuck at home, but that doesn't mean you have to be bored. I mean, yeah. you could make it, it means you've got to use your own resources to find entertainment. Yeah in a different way yeah you have to challenge yourself to find another way than uh the outside world to entertain yourself yeah maybe by the internet which is a bit the outside world really or just with stuff at home i mean the amount of stuff we uh, push back because you know we're doing stuff that are more interesting outside well we can't go and do the interesting stuff outside so uh, it is the time to you know paint again the you know the the loo that you've been the decorating yeah the you know you have that one crack in the wall in the loo that have been there for two years and you never really cared about it but you know it's that it's the, uh, the um opportunity to uh you know take care of that crack in the wall you know that kind of yeah thing. i mean so, so really it's, it, it is a gift it sounds mm. I, I do think the thing all all this type stuff uh anything that's negative that happens to a lot of people It depends on your perspective at the time. If you look at it in a negative way and go, well, I can't go to the pub. I can't, you know, go to the theatre. True. But you also have an opportunity to not engage with social mm. norms. Yeah. And instead, you can be creative at home. Yeah, great. You can spend so, that time learning a new creative skill and the, paint and all the things you can't do because you feel you have to go and see your mates. The thing is, not everybody is creative or cares for creative, yeah, true, creative yeah, stuff yes. so um, i wouldn't i'm sorry but I, um, i wouldn't like to be in the place of someone that doesn't care for creative stuff at all right now oh gosh this this did this did actually make me think of actually four separate points that um i need to list off one by one uh, the so the first one was about the whole thing about um being in a pandemic would be should be anything but but boring like i just think well it's the fact that we're not in a pandemic where where people are like dying left right and center it's just the bore it's like oh what so like all the sort of life can still go on as normal but just all the kind of 
the kind of everything sort of strips down to its barest sort of its, its essences. Like, I, I like, I mean, like, it's the fact that life can still go on as normal, but you don't need to so much as leave your bedroom for it, which um, is, I mean, that's just the kind of boring part. It's like, I mean, like, if I, if I woke up from a coma yesterday and i was like oh what we're in a global pandemic like oh so so like is there zombies like no um thing in theory we don't have to be in here it's just out of safety and like um i i don't like i mean i do kind of on the board in front i do try and keep myself occupied and optimistic by constantly checking the worldometer of like how many new cases there have been and how how many like how what the drop in in daily in the, the drop in the r rate and then also as of recently i've been entertaining myself by seeing how many people have been vaccinated so far um is am i all right to go, move on to my second point Absolutely, go for it. Remember it. Um, I think this was my second point. Was that you said that the one thing about boredom is like going into like a a set routine, like doing one thing over and over again. Like I, I, that has made me kind of realize why it's why I'm. It's been such a while since I've actually been bored because, um, like I, I like because of my kind of sort of learning stroke cognitive cognitive difficulties i'm really bad at at getting into a set routine um i've actually been trying to um sort clear out my routine um lately to kind of develop better habits and i've and i've really been bad at sticking to it um and that and that's one that's probably one reason why i've been finding it hard to get bored because i'm not good at sticking to a set routine and um, i mean like ever since i left compulsory education like 6 years ago i've just i've just been so used to having such a loose um like like i've i've i mean I, I, I mean, this sounds ma- a bit masochistic, but I've actually missed having a set routine. Like, I've been. I, know, I can understand. You've got that stability mm-hmm. and that structure of knowing where you're supposed to be and what you're supposed to do. It's, it is, it is comfortable. Rigid routine is comfortable. Completely understand. Yeah. But also, if, if it gets to the point where it's just you're doing it because you feel you have to. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even then, you can get bored. People can get bored. I, I would say the level of boredom, the speed at which you get bored by doing the same thing, uh, varies from one person mm. to another. I mean, I famously, well, famously, I have the same lunch, yeah. right? Oh. I have literally the same food that I've had for the last two to three years. I've lost count now. That I don't change anything. And it's not that I've got some form of uh, whatever it is, uh, OCD or whatever the similar equivalent thereof. It's not that I feel I have to, but it's just I've, I've found a, a, a you know a combination of food that, that covers the basic food groups, and it doesn't. I don't put on weight, so it's just like job done. But I think it is a bit weird having literally the same food every day, mm. such a long period of that's time. A, um, and I think other people would get bored of that a lot quicker, but I think I'm beginning. After several years to be a smidge bored, yeah. 
But I'm all right. That that that, that remind that you just reminded me of something, Phil. Is that I I I, I this completely went over my head that like like food is quite a special place for me to get bored because like i can like one 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 of the many reasons i mean my, my where um where my family lives my family used to live in a pretty obscure part of sussex and and like this where this i used to really not like living with my family because like it wasn't that i hated my family or hated my house it was just that i hated the surrounding area because like there was there was nothing to to do in. There was absolutely mm. nothing to do in the surrounding area, and in fact, like there were a few times, like after I like because like after I'd reached the point where I was allowed to go out by myself, I would occasionally leave the house and come back even more bored than I was before leaving. Um, but the but the point was one of the kind of most consistent parts of that is that when i whenever i've been back with my with my family um like i've always just felt like um that like like there's so little food because like I, unlike most people in my family like because like so like my my mom and my sister are great at making use of the food we have in the kitchen but me and my dad just always have to get like a sandwich or or like some ready meal from Tesco, um, and, and like the thing that like like because like we didn't we we um like we, we, there wasn't like a big superstore within walking distance, and also there weren't like a great variety of cafes. Like I always end up just kind of feeling like there's like very little variety in food that I can have when I'm back home. So like that, that is, that is a part, that is a boredom. I, I, I can't remember. And that has just reminded me of a, yeah, the, the third point I got to was that like, that I wanted to make was that like at the end of the day, I have not seen COVID as a bad thing, which is crazy because I still think it's, I mean, I've I've constantly referred to um, this last year as ever since COVID started ruining our lives, um, but I I've ultimately kind of seen it as a ba as a good thing because it has sort of it it I've it has given me some much needed self awareness. Um, absolutely. And, um, and reflection is absolutely. I I don't think that's just you. I think that that's something that COVID has given oh, everybody. Yeah. To realise what actually is it that's important to them? What is it that you're missing? What is it that you now have got the opportunity to do? I remember when COVID first, you know, struck and everybody, or not everybody, but they, they, there was no expectation for people to go to work. And they had the opportunity to learn skills uh, or, or look after your home or look after your garden. And it was last summer. And suddenly I think people had the opportunity, which they wouldn't have had before, to suddenly think, what is it that's actually important to them? And, you know, what what I've got a load of free time that I wasn't expecting to have. It's not like a booked mm. holiday. Suddenly I'm thinking, what what what, what am I going to do? And I think it, people were going to places like B&Q to, you know, do some, you know, repair things, like you said, the crack in the bathroom, you know, whatever. But I think you go through that phase and eventually you might get to a point, if you do reflection, of going, where do I want to go in life? You know what? If if I'm if I'm not able to do the thing that I'm current that's currently occupying my time, what what else do I want in life? Yeah. 
And I mean, uh, some of us, I mean, your student as much as I am, we were still able to still do student stuff oh, remotely. Yeah. But imagine if we were, uh, you know, um, going doing a job. At that point, you weren't being able to do that. You were still getting paid. So you didn't have to have some other meaningless job just to pay the bills. Yeah. And I just think you get that. So I, I think people were learning, you know, doing online courses and learning how to do this and that and the other. And I think it's been really good for people. I mean, obviously, there's also been the technical benefits of suddenly Zoom calls and podcasts, audio dramas gone, you know, people listening to things mm. a lot more. And I, just more time to look after yourself and your mental health is suddenly yeah. a lot more in people's minds thanks yeah. to COVID. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not the only one to think that yeah. way. And I think that I know it sounds odd because people are dying. And I know you said that, you know, people aren't dying left, right and centre. No, but there, there are deaths, yeah. obviously. Yeah. And there are vulnerable people. And it's very important that we all keep safe distance and all that yeah. sort of stuff. But at the same time, there mm-hmm. are benefits. Yeah. So to, we should really look back mm. at this as, or, or look at our present time, not in a negative way, but in right. a positive way. Yeah. And then, of course, if we can do that during a time of mm. pandemic, when it's all over and and we're all, you know, back to, in quotes, normal, I'm hoping that people learn the lesson of going, you know what, I'm actually going to spend and give myself time at a weekend as if it was a pandemic and I don't have the, you know, do you know what I mean? Because it's been beneficial to Mm. me to do that. Well, it depends on how, what kind of person you are, Mm. I think. Because I know that, uh, I think that for a lot of extrovert and people that love always being out and about and doing stuff and meeting new people, this pandemic might have been Mm. horrible. Yes. Because you're stuck at home, you can't meet people, and sometimes you can trick your brain into creating dopamine because with a video call because you're still seeing the person you're missing or 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 something like that. But it's you know you're just tricking it for a very small amount of time. Whereas if you can see someone and hug them, obviously the dopamine and the feeling of missing someone will last a bit, you know. I don't mean. I, I Surely do. it would be a bit shorter, a, a bit longer time until you miss that person again. But um, as someone that is from France and not from the UK, and I had been an au pair for an entire year before the, less, the first uh, lockdown, the first lockdown I went back to France in my family and I spent the next six months stuck in France at home with my mom, sister and uh, stepfather. Um, sisters and uh, and it was I loved it it was really nice to have this nice feeling of being at home being next to like close to the people that really matter to me and stuff like that that I had missed for an entire year and um, but at the same time I don't know this feeling of euphoria might have lasted for a good two weeks maybe three and then I was just like, well. Now what? Now what, exactly. And so I, I ended up drawing a lot because I've always, I've always liked drawing, but um, I ended up drawing way more mm. because I, it, I had just so much time on my hands that I would just draw so much. And, and I mean, m- m- an enormous amount of my art came out of this lockdown because 
I came up with so much material and and then I started like um, experiencing even more with makeup and now I applied to have a makeup course yeah, yeah, yeah. because I realized that I have, I have been wanting to do makeup for a couple of years now but I just thought that's something that other people do that I can't do it's something that other people can do and experiencing more and more just like kind of reinforced the idea that I love doing makeup and, and, and then I taught myself how to play Bohemian Rhapsody on the piano, with, even though I had never played piano nice. in my entire life. And I loved it. It was hard. It took me weeks for me to do Bohemian Rhapsody on the piano. But I did it. I mean, with a little teeny tiny tutorial on YouTube, and you do the same five notes in a row, and then you add a six and a seventh and an eighth until you have about two minutes of material to play Bohemian Rhapsody that's, well, that's and it does. was so hard but I had so much time and I was so bored out of my tiny mind and then after you do you know one two three four five games of Scrabble with your sisters and mother <laughs> well it just starts to go round and round and round in circles but th th I think in some way boredom is oh, good yeah. for you yes because it, it's an indicator that you want something more and 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 therefore you're going to start uh, stretching yourself and becoming more about you, if you're sensible and you realize you're bored then you think what is it that I'm not doing or what is it that I would rather be doing well it reminds you of your privilege too mm. as in it reminds you that you might not be aware of the luck that you have to be able to go down the pub with your mates mm. and, and drink a beer yeah. or anything else and kind of drink really but um it's just like i'm lucky to be able to go and sit in a park and have a drink with a friend and meet to have i don't know to go to the restaurant and meet with friends and meet with my family and go on in the cinema or go left and right and i think we can get carried uh away into our modern like into our daily lives and we we think it's so normal that when it stops being normal or we stop being provided with that normality, quote unquote normality, that we go, wow, okay, I was really lucky actually, well, and I now I'm just not okay anymore because I'm missing something that I've always had, but I wasn't aware that I had it. In, in short, basically, we should all be glad oh, for what yeah. we've got. Because at the time it could be taken away, exactly. and we should be more appreciative of what we already have, which is in direct contrast yeah. to, shall we say, the constant flow of advertising capitalism. I'm going to go on about yeah. that is always trying to create a need for more, for teaching us to consume more and buy more and have more and do more. And you and I think that hopefully something what it's yeah, true it's, though yeah and I, it is but, true but you always end up talking about capitalism I know, funny, but that is me. what it's about because they they make money out of you having these extra needs that are not they're not a, a, a desire that is coming that, that as we've talked about before influence comes from outside of you mm. and this need for material possessions is something oh, yeah, we are yeah. taught I've, and, and advertising does this, and it teaches you for, to, and it creates an artificial need for a product that we don't actually need, but it says, and it creates this idea that we should have it, and we are failures if we don't have it in some way, and it creates this emotional um, requirement 
for us to buy a product. But that's how advertising works. It yeah. talks to you on an emotional level to make you feel that you should have whatever it is it is trying to sell you. And it doesn't matter what the product is. But that's what advertising is. But anyway, during this lockdown period, I would hope, because we've not been able to have access to all the products that we could possibly have. Yes, wow. you've got online delivery and things like that. But it's been more difficult, should we say. Yeah. You certainly can't have everything instantly, as in, you can't go into a shop anymore and buy it and walk out. You have to order it online, so you've not got the same level of instant dopamine yeah. from that, that the purchase. We realise um, that, like that, that this, that this, that this, this pandemic has really kind of solidified how unmaterialistic I am because it's not so much the products I've been missing; it's the services. Um, uh, and I've also reached that point of like. Um, like I'm, I'm 22, and I've already come to a point where I'm gonna say from now on, no more birthday presents for me. Just, I mean, the the only thing that I want that I'd ever want for my birthday from now on is just like, like vouchers for master classes or or um experience days, um, or or in or in one case in a. a a year or two from now i'm gonna be asking just for donations towards some traveling i want to be doing um um I, some some things i re that was reminded a very small thing that you reminded me of phil was actually like the easiest way i've realized the easiest way for me to get bored which sounds both surprising and unsurprising at the same time the easiest way for me to get bored is to read a book but not but okay. like not in like kind of all right so like i i find i generally find reading really difficult like so do i by the way I yeah especially it when hard. like it's when i'm reading like a novel that has not been adapted because like usually the the adaptation kind of gives me a bit of a foundation to base my imagination on which may sound make me sound a bit unimaginative but so be it um and i mean my bet my best sort of way to describe it is that like it it sort of feels like trying to keep a house up all by yourself like like uh, mm -hmm. the when you're kind of holding up one part another like if you hold up one corner the corner opposite starts to fail um and, and basically yeah but so the way i put it is just reading a book but not making an effort to actually decipher what i'm reading like not properly concentrating sometimes my best ideas have come to me when i've done that and like because i i mean i can tell i'm being bored because an idea is coming to me that's completely independent to what i'm reading i i can relate to that i was watching <laughs> the walking dead recently and I don't know if anybody's been, I, I, I know lots of people aren't watching it anymore, but they've recently done an extra yeah. six episodes. And it's quite clear that those six episodes have been, A, made in lockdown. So it's got a really limited number of actors in. Every single one's got m maximum three actors in. Mm. Um, and two, are surplus to the original mm. plan of the series. So they're like, okay, well, we've got six mm. filler episodes. And they're just because there's a complete absence of continuing storyline, mm. they are mm. fairly boring. I mean, they're, they're character studies, but generally fairly tedious ones. I was watching an episode the other day, and I, I've also got to write a play for my 
degree. Um, and I suddenly was, I could feel my imagination bobbling up because this episode was boring going, oh, here's an idea for a thing you can put in your play. And I was having to like, and, I, and my imagination was drifting off, thinking about this play, how I could make it work. Yeah. And I should imagine that's how you were feeling when you're reading the books that, um, that you find difficult. I would like to add, by the way, um, I obviously am aware that you have, um, you're on the autistic spectrum as, as am I, as are most people, I would yeah. say, a lot of people anyway, at some point. Um, now, the thing that you said about when you read books and you find it difficult to imagine what, what it is, and that makes it more difficult to enjoy them, I have exactly the same problem. And I thought it was just me. But apparently it's very common with those, uh, with, you know, with, with ASD. And it's this thing called aphantasia. It's a condition. It's very common with people with ASD that the, the idea of being able to imagine something, what it looks like without any reference to anything else or being able to put things, a picture of something in your mind, I find, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's quite challenging for some people. Now, you've got the opposite. I've got the extreme opposite, as in, if I, if I concentrate enough, I can touch stuff in my head. As in, I can imagine it so vividly that if I were to imagine someone shaking my hand, I could imagine it, or me petting a dog, I could feel it. I could literally close my eyes and imagine it and feel the touch of, like, the, the hair of a dog or or the, the feeling of a hand shaking my hand. It's... It's very small, and I have to really concentrate, but I can see something so vividly in my head that I can even touch it. Now, I can, I, when I have an imagination about something, all I can do is draw upon experiences I've already had. Mm. So if you're talking about a dog, my brain goes, okay, I have seen a dog. I have patted a dog before. So I know what then say, so, so those sensations are, so I can pull them yeah, out of the library of my brain. If I ask you to imagine a purple dog, you have never seen a purple dog. I Can you imagine a purple dog? Not at all. It doesn't quite sit right in my head. It feels like I can imagine a dog that someone's poured purple paint over, but even then I can't quite visualise it. That's weird to me, yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 I find that visual imagination really difficult, which is probably why when I'm writing... Uh, film scripts or play scripts, the visual aspect, I'm really not that worried about. I, I, mm. I, I have said when I, as a filmmaker, I'm not, I don't care about the visuals, which is a really yeah. stupid thing to say as a filmmaker. I leave that up to somebody else. Yeah, whereas when I watch a movie, if there's the tiniest of the tiniest, like if there's two pixels of the beginning of a boomer, Oh, a boom mic in the very top corner right of the screen. Yeah. I will see it and I will go, oh, here's the boom mic. You know, it's to me, visuals are so important. It will just scan the screen and just see everything. As in, like, if you show me, like, um, Lord of the Rings, when they, when they, again, I'm sorry. But um, because we've mentioned Lord of the Rings on quite a few episodes now, sorry, folks. But um, basically, in the first Lord of the Rings, when Gandalf gets inside the Moria mine with the whole fellowship, 
it has his stick with uh, a f the flashing crystal on top to light mm -hmm. the mines of Moria. If you look closely on the floor, you can see the plug. You get not a plug, but like the cable yeah, yeah, yeah. of the light at the end of Gandalf's stick. I... You can see it on the floor. <laughs> and I have seen videos of, oh, those mistakes you haven't seen in Lord of the Rings. Yes, yes I've seen it. Wow. I know there is a cable because I've seen it because you can yeah, see like, it wriggle like, on the floor. Wow. If, if, like, if that sort of so-called like shattering of illusion happens, like to me, it doesn't really matter because it's like, well, like, I mean, if, if like if a film like got me so invested that I forget it's even a film, like that's that's great. But if but even if it doesn't, it's like, oh no, no worries. You can only do so much for me. Like uh it's a good effort. Um yeah. I I, that just reminded me, Phil, of like, did you have you ever heard this 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 cliche advice for script writers that if you want to write for for stage, you got to write with your ears, and if you want to write for screen, you got to write with your eyes. I hadn't yeah. heard of it, but it does so, make so a lot like of sense. It's, it's a, the, I think you might have to want to look at that if you want to write screenplays. Well, funny enough, uh, for I, though I'm doing uh, an adaptation and script writing module, I'm supposed to write a screenplay. I'm writing a stage play. I've got permission. And uh, my other module, I was going to do uh, a script, but now I'm doing a stage play there too. So I'm I'm actually writing two stage plays. And in fact, for my whole uh, degree, I think I've written two, one short film and one like half half written a feature and that's it i I seem to diversified into audio drama and other mediums uh but yeah i mean i i'm I'm always interested in other in other things, but I think that exploring what works for you i think and and how you work creatively i think is more yeah. it, i think it's better rather than say okay i'm gonna write a screenplay, how do you write a screenplay? I have to fit into this box. I had an idea for this adaptation of um, <laughs> The Island of Dr. Moreau. And the more I've played with it, I thought, you know, actually this would work better on stage. Mm. So I'm doing it on stage. Rather than getting rid of the idea because I've been told to mm. do it in a certain way, I'm, I'll let the, the, the idea work at, and, and arrive in the form that it needs to be in. Um, and I think that's probably a better way to work because if you try to fit something into a medium that it doesn't naturally fit in, yeah. I think that would show. I know Alan Moore. I interviewed Alan Moore um, the other year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's I, really cool. I did. <laughs> you know, it's because I'm, 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 I'm kind of rolling my eyes going, oh, go on with the name, Joe. Oh, right, yeah, you know, um, I did. Um, and he was saying about the fact that with adaptation, I'll send you a link. Um, uh, I, Anyway, he was saying with adaptation, or, or rather, with the when you write a thing, he writes things for a particular medium. So when people adapt his work, they're going to lose something because that's not the medium for which he wrote it. I mean, particularly, he's a comics writer. There are things in, say, Halo Jones or V for Vendetta or From Hell that were written for comics. And that's the form that he chose to write them in. If he wanted to write a movie, yeah. he would have written a movie. And that is now what he's working in. He's working in the film industry mm -hmm. and writing films. 
that are written that will only work in the, you know, is using the aspects of the film uh, medium so that are exclusive to those. Um, I'm going to name drop another one, not as good as Alan Moore, to be fair, um, but Robert Shearman, Rob Shearman, who wrote an episode of Dogs Called Dalek. He writes audio dramas, and I interviewed him uh, for uh, just because, uh, not for any other reason, just because I fancied it. Uh, and he writes audio dramas that really can only work on radio. They, they don't work, the, the fact that you can't see what's going on and you've only got the, the sound, he uses that to tell the narrative. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't remember why I started this, but basically, yes, yeah, so this idea of when I write, that I'm, I'm writing stage plays, because that's clearly, the ideas that I have are more suited to yeah. that sort of aspect. Really, I just remind yeah. you reminded me of a of a um of a side note that I hope doesn't open up another tangent because at some point I want to kind of digress to a to a point that I that I um is um is I oh. I had a friend in sixth form who I won't name um who um at who was like a, a avid defender of all the DC extended universe films that had come out to that point and at at that time um okay. this was when um suicide squad was the latest film to come from DC the DC extended universe so most of the films were directed by Zack Snyder of Watchmen fame, and um, um, but also Suicide Squad borrowed a lot of Zack Snyder's sensibilities, which I hate with a burning passion, uh, which I'm not going to go into now because I don't want to turn this into another tangent. Um, yeah, so his this guy, so this yeah. friend of mine's argument as to why the the DC the films in DC um, cinematic universe were were like really good compared to the marvel ones which i mean he wasn't bashing the marvel ones but he was also kind of deflecting all criticism of all the dc cinematic universe films so far his argument was that the films are just like because the films are like the comics which i mean i haven't read the comics so i can't i couldn't really dispute that but um but like he also sort of made arguments such as like in Batman versus Superman, there's a lot of kind of there's a lot of things taken straight out of the comic that are just completely divorced of context that it just makes no sense to people. But he likes that because he's read the comic and and thus he can just like enjoy wow. without without um without it. And I just well, what I really wanted to say to him, which I didn't really kind of think of this until after we were no longer at the same sixth form college, which was, I'm sorry, if you want, if, if you're only quantif if you're only qualifier of how good a comic book movie is, can, like is, is by how like exactly the same it is to the comic, then why don't you just read the comic? And like, he'd just be like, the comics were successful yeah. for a reason. And I'm like, yeah, yes, but like, the like film and comics are not the same thing and i just and i i get the feeling that it's like he kind of i i don't i don't think i asked him what he thought of of zack snyder's watchman but it but i just could imagine he'd be like well it's just like the comic it's like yeah but then the creator might want to tear you limb from limb for saying that because it's like because like from what i understand of 
Zack Snyder's Watchmen is that it's just kind of like it's just taking all the sensibilities of the comic but not understanding that they are meant to be particular to the to the medium of comic books it, it appears to me that what you're getting at is that there's some sort of I don't know dichotomy between uh adaptations that are loyal of, of a medium and then ones that are you that are you know that, sorry that are loyal to the medium and then there's other ones that are loyal to the source if you see what i mean as in uh you know it, it, it you can have an adaptation that is so accurate to the original and then other ones that yeah. go you know what the original doesn't matter uh, the point of this is that we're making a film when you're yeah, making yeah, exactly. the book. It's, it's, it's sort of like I haven't I haven't seen this, but like Stephen King's uh, The Shining miniseries, where it's like I don't care how good it is, I just want it to be just like my book, like kind of thing. Um, I mean, yeah, I could I could go on a, a lot about adaptation. I mean, for example, I don't want to make this a tangent as well but like i i am a i'm strongly against the uh harry potter films um well i used to love them a lot but now the way i see them is that i just think there's such a kind of poor representation of such a great story and it does break my heart that a lot for a lot of people that's their first and last interaction with the story and like i've i've just, like if if it if if that is your first and last interaction with the story then it absolutely would not make any sense um and on that bombshell i think we'll wrap this one up that's tom for being on the show um that was can i have a word we are on every pla uh, podcast platform that we can possibly think of if we are not if there's a podcast platform that you think why are you not on that one then get in touch with us uh, via facebook and twitter at can I ever reply? Um, and you can also leave comments there. We'll get back to you. You can also, we're very much looking for guests. If you want to be a guest on this show, get in touch. We'd love to have you mm -hmm. um, talk and ramble on about various things. Um, I think that's covered everything. Um, share it with your friends. Oh, yes. I was about to say, they do share with your friends. Do uh, tell everybody about this show. Um, and I think that's very much it. So thank you very much for listening. And bye. bye.